Hello, and welcome to the Net Politics Podcast. I'm Adam Siegel, the Maurice R. Greenberg Senior Fellow for China Studies and Director of the Council's Digital and Cyberspace Program. And this morning, I'm very happy to welcome Senator Sheldon Whitehouse, the Democrat from Rhode Island. Senator Whitehouse, thanks for joining us. Adam, wonderful to be with you. Thank you for having me. Uh, Senator, why don't we start with an issue that you've been very involved in on the legislative front, which is the, the question of information sharing. We have uh, a great deal of bipartisan support for it. We now have uh, support from the uh, private sector. Uh, where does that stand, and, and how do we think that's going to play itself out uh, in the next couple of months? There has been an enormous amount of work uh, done in this area, beginning with the so-called DIB process, standing for Defense Industrial Base, for connecting our major defense contractors in a more robust way with the uh, national security intelligence agencies that are involved in cyber. And that helped work through a lot of the difficult questions of exchanging classified information and having a trust environment for liability and other things that um, is necessary for that kind of partnership to develop. So all that work has led to a bill that has now passed out of the Senate Intelligence Committee with a very strong majority, one dissenting vote, very bipartisan. And I think uh, that that bill is going to be brought to the floor by the Senate Majority Leader probably this year. I think that if it's brought to the floor, it's highly likely to pass. And I think it also is likely to be the vehicle for a broader array of cybersecurity legislation that will be uh, incorporated by amendment on the Senate floor. Last year, you, you held a hearing on the theft of intellectual property uh, from foreign actors directed at U.S. companies. We had the indictment of uh, five uh, PLA hackers for the theft of uh, U.S. intellectual property. Uh, this year, the president issued an executive order giving him the ability to levy sanctions, both on the attackers and those who benefit. How do, successful do you think those are going to be, and, and do, are there next steps that we need to be taking? I think that those are all important steps. It'll be a question of the proof in the pudding when uh, whether they're effective and how vigorously they are deployed. This is a problem that is virtually exclusively a China problem. And we have so much going on with China that there have been a lot of inhibitions to pushing back on their rather wholesale theft of our intellectual property. It's been described as the largest transfer of wealth in human history through illicit means. And we are the target. We're the loser in that exchange. So it's a big, big deal. But We've seen all sorts of difficulties. Companies have been unwilling to follow through on complaints because their business relationships with China open them to retribution if they complain about having their intellectual property stolen. And people who want to work with China diplomatically on various issues have their work interfered with when suddenly into their world comes a Department of Justice indictment of the PLA hackers. So even within our economy and our government, there are very substantial forces against protecting our intellectual property from this relentless Chinese attack. And that means that these efforts to try to contain it have natural enemies or people who are afraid of retribution. And so, uh, like I said, we'll have to see how this actually works out in the pudding. It's not necessarily the case that just because um, 
one indictment has been announced and an executive order has been issued, that it's really going to be a uh, significant change. And it's a big deal for the Chinese. They really are doing this hammer and tongs. They are full on at it, and it is a significant part of their economic strategy to steal intellectual property and compete with us using our own designs and our own processes and our own formulas. One of the issues that's becoming a growing wedge between Washington and Silicon Valley is the question of encryption. Uh, And so we've had uh, both the director of the NSA and the FBI say that uh, the problem of going dark uh, is becoming a bigger problem and that they want to see either front doors or back doors built into U.S. technology products. Uh, Almost every U.S. technology company has said you can't do that without introducing uh, insecurities for the users. Uh, Given your experience as a U.S. attorney and an attorney general in Rhode Island and dealing with criminal prosecutions, I I wonder how you fall on this issue uh, about going dark and encryption and and, uh, the safety of U.S. users and others. It's a tough balance because there's something creepy about buying a cell phone and thinking that the government has a back door through which they can access your information. And that allows for a lot of people to make a lot of noise about that and and, uh, whip people up quite a lot with pretty good reason behind it. At the same time, when you've been a prosecutor, what you see is the people who are harmed. You see victims. And you see the miscreants who are doing uh, really bad things. And the ability to have unbreachable security for private actors in communication is one that really lends itself to abuse, both in terms of regular criminal activity that you'd like to be able to do what law enforcement has always done and, you know, go to the phone company and get a wiretap authorization, go to the phone company and get the information about who has calling who when. You add to that the national security concerns that this is obviously what the a terror network or cell would want to use for the very reason that it protects them from uh, our defenses. And, uh, you know, I think the day will come when we will rue having made this choice, unless we're very, very good in a lot of other areas so that we can leave this vulnerability as a vulnerability. But it's truly, I think, a national security vulnerability. Senator Whitehouse, thank you for joining us today, and thank you for your service on these issues in the Senate. Thank you. It's great to be with the Council on Foreign Relations, and I appreciate your great work.